Hi, I'm Cameron from Smooth Digital and welcome to Tea with Toby, the show where we ask and answer the questions playing on the minds of the care sector's business leaders. This episode is sponsored by the Access Group and we're going to kick off the show, as always, with a few words from our Marketing Strategy Director, Toby Ali Fishman. Thank you, Cameron. So we've got a really interesting show for you today. We wanted to invite a care business leader to basically share their experience and also how they're overcoming the challenges during COVID-19. This individual has also published some recent research and we want to delve into that as well. So on that note, I'd like to welcome Mr. Mike Rich to the show. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Mike. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Toby and Cameron. So Mike, just to kick off, could you give us a quick background about yourself and your role in the care sector? Yeah, sure. My name's Mike Rich. I'm the Chief Executive of Ghana Carers Centre. Um, we've been, I mean, we're a, a charity that's um, been in existence for over 30 years now. Um, working mainly across the London borough of Barnet, although we do work in other places as well. Um, as a charity, we do two things. We support informal carers, so, um, you know, essentially people who are out there in their families looking after maybe their mum, their dad, maybe, to, maybe children with disabilities and things like that. Um, but what we've always done as well is provide domiciliary home care um, services. We've been providing home care across Barnet for over 30 years now. Um, and we provide, you know, we're not a great, we're not a massive provider. Um, we work pretty much within one borough, although we are starting to extend um, our, our services. But we deliver around a thousand hours of home care every week. Um, and we deliver that to a sort of mix of clients, really. About 50% of our client population um, is a, a private payers, um, and around 50% come through. Um, either the local authority or through clinical commissioning groups with discharge. We also do quite a lot of home care. In fact, we've got quite a large percentage of the home care contract um, in Barnet for, for children and young people as well, where there's need for that as well. So we do quite a lot of the more, I suppose, specialist care as well. Awesome. And thanks again for joining. So in Team Toby fashion, we're going to jump straight in. And let's start with the recent uh, research you published. Let's, can you just tell us a little bit about that, who took part and why you chose to publish it? Yeah, we would. I mean, obviously, one of the things that we, we do as an organisation is try and keep on top of, of the issues that are impacting on people locally, especially in, in, our, in our area in Barnet. Um, but I, because I think it's, a, you know, as a provider, um, it's important to know your market and know what's worrying people and know um, how people are reacting to things. And of course, COVID-19 brought a completely new situation to the table. Um, and we didn't feel as though we could, we could rely on our old assumptions. Um, so we went out and we spoke to people, mainly to um, informal carers, but also with um, people who work in home care as well. We, we, we ended up surveying um, over 500 people now, um, over that period of time, which um, in, in my business, if you manage to get responses from 500 people, you are doing very well indeed. Um, yeah, so exactly, especially now. So, um, 
and we've got a lot of information from that and I think one of the things that you know there's a lot of as you as you know guys from looking at it there's a lot of information that we find anyway quite concerning especially around finances especially around how people feel about their mental health especially around how they're worried about the people that they're caring for Mm. And what we'll do, we'll put the full um, research in the links in the comments in the resource section. I've actually got it here, but I just wanted to pick up on a couple of points. So from the research, it was confirmed that results showed over 45% of carers surveyed that have got a level of um, concern for their mental health. Question is, how do you think that's going to affect their ability to do their job? And what do you think providers can do to support them? Well, I think there's a couple of things there. I think mental health, as we know, is, 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 is coming up more and more as a massive issue for people. Um, across the board with um, the COVID-19 situation, I think where people were worried about their mental health beforehand, they're feeling a lot more fragile. Um, and I think you know, there's a couple of things around people who are working um, as home care staff, as domiciliary care staff that we need to bear in mind. I think, first and foremost, I mean, our staff have been tremendous. And what I've heard across the, across the, uh, the, the piece, as it were, is that home care staff have been getting up and getting out there every day, providing the services that were needed. So I think there's a tremendous amount of resilience there. Um, and, I th and I think, you know, we can only applaud that. Um, but I think we also have to be careful as well. I think people are fragile, they are worried about things, and there's a few things that they're, that they're particularly worried about. First off, they're putting themselves out on the, on the line. They're going out every day at times when many, many other people have been told to stay at home and not get involved and not get near people. They're going out every day and doing that. Um, and you know, that's, that's putting themselves and their health on the line. The other thing that we need to be aware of is, is, is that those people are not only just concerned for themselves, they're concerned about their families at home. Um, and they're concerned about maybe they pick up a virus, not just from their clients maybe, but, but just through travel and doing all of the things that they have to do on a daily, on a daily basis. And they're worried about bringing that back home to you know, their children, their partner, maybe they look after people as well. So I think there's that issue as well. I think the third thing, um, and talking to our home care staff, is that they're really very concerned for the people they care for. They don't want to bring the virus into them. Now, in, in our job, as, as, you know, working in home care, one of the things we're very clear about is the majority of people that we care for are vulnerable. They're fragile. They maybe have got fragile health. They may be very old. So you've got those sort of multiple issues that are concerning people. What we're doing um, as, a, as, a, as an organisation is really making sure we keep in touch um, with our staff on a regular basis to call in, make sure they're okay, make sure they know they're one of a team, make sure they're not working just out there on their own. We're making sure that they've got the right PPE um, and feel protected and that's really important as well. Um, and we're making sure that if we can offer any extra training we're doing that we also have an occupational health for instance feeling very fragile we've got a helpline number that they can call 
we can give them access to counselling and things like that. So I think it's really important that actually as employers, we, we, we applaud the resilience of our staff, but bear in mind that that resilience is not never ending and we need to offer them support as well. Mm -hmm. Just on that point, Mike, all these processes you've got in place, the helpline, uh, the daily calls, all that kind of stuff, was that in place before or is this something you've had to quickly innovate on and get in place? Right, well, I mean, our occupational health um, was in place before. That's something that we have in place for all of our employees. And I think, you know, we think that that's a really important part of creating a sustainable long-term business is, is making sure that you support those employees um, and make sure, you know, it's things like that that keeps them um, with you as opposed to, to, to going off elsewhere. Um, the daily calls, I mean, we've had to replace what would often be, for instance, group meetings. We'd have our staff in for staff meetings. We'd do training, we'd, we'd update them on things. We'd, they'd be popping in and out of the office to, 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 for, for different bits and pieces. Of course, that's just not possible now in many cases. Um, so we, we're having to make sure um, that our managers and our care coordinators are in touch on a daily basis. I'll give you an example of this. So, for instance, you know, we, we have, you know, previously, and we, we still do now, we have teams of people caring for some individuals, for instance. What we make sure that we don't do now is we don't mix teams, we don't mix staff. So, we, we're having to bring those things in, and, and it's really about trying to make those personal contacts, phoning people, make sure they can get hold of you at any time. Awesome. One of the other things I wanted to pick up on this research, so uh, results also show that over 40% 40, 40 of carers have a level of concern on the impact on their finances. Do you think there's anything uh, providers can do to help address that concern for the carers? Um, I, think, I, think, I think, you know, as a provider, you know, we try and do our very best to make sure that our staff get sufficient hours of work um, that they have, uh, you know, a reasonable income. I mean, as an organisation, we pay the London living wage um, rather than the minimum wage, um, and that can sometimes put us under pressure, especially if we're seeing sectors of our of, of our market shrink. Um, so we're looking to fill as many hours as as possible uh, for the individuals. What we have done as well, and this was a little bit confusing at the beginning. Um, we had some people who, um, because of, you know, the health of actually people at home and their own health, it was recommended that they were shielded. Now, right at the beginning of this process, shielded staff were, we were told that they could only have, you know, effectively statutory sick pay. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's a real problem. You may go from working 40 hours a week to um, all of a sudden being only entitled to £96 a week. Um, if you're trying to run a family on that, that's a, that's a very difficult situation. But of course, things have changed. So, you know, we've actually furloughed, um, I think, two or three of our staff who um, would otherwise be, you know, because of the shielding thing. So there was that change, which is a really positive thing. But what we did was make sure that we were in touch with the HMRC and in touch with government and in touch with our... Um, HR advisors to make sure that if things changed we were on it in a way that we could support our staff 
as much as we possibly can. Um, so yeah, I think, and you know, the other thing also is is to, is to really ensure that staff know that they've got a future. Um, gives it, you know, home care. I think has got a real future. I think the staff have got a future. Um, it's time to, you know, pay back some of that, um, that that loyalty that you may have had from staff over the years. Yeah, and I think that affirmation that their job's safe is, you know, will go a very long way. And like you said, um, home care will be in a very strong position. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Um, also, this will be a good time to just, uh, you know. Uh, send a shout out to the amazing work that the Care Workers Charity are doing also. So they also offer grants for any carers who um, are in tough, uh, having tough times with their finances. I know at the moment they are on the road to, Cameron, is it two million? Two million is the target, yeah. So Two million is the target at the moment. Uh, as of filming, they're doing quite well. Um, who knows where they'll be when this comes out? Yeah, and there's well, we're going to get them on the show, but that's um, an amazing charity. And any care workers who are having financial difficulties, there's an application you can fill out there, and you could get a grant as well. Lovely. So we're going to move um, slightly, and what I wanted to talk about is during this period, we're talking to our clients and you know the community. They're sharing that they've made a number of changes and their businesses adapted more in the last two months than the last two years plus. Can you share some of the things that you've done differently during this period and how you've had to adapt? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think, um, you know, the people you've spoken to are absolutely right. We've had to move a lot quicker um, to things than we would otherwise have done. I mean, we were in a in the process of moving over to digital care planning. Um, we were looking at changing our rostering software right at the time that this all landed on our, on our, on our, uh, on our plate. That, it's, it's really made us move a lot quicker um, on that. And I think, you know, that's a, and so, you know, there's a benefit um, for that for us. One of the things that we have done is look to move our, we're an accredited training center. Um, and we do, you know, we do our own um, in-house training for our staff and other people. But um, obviously, we can't bring people together now to do training. Um, so we have put our training online. So we're delivering our, um, our, our MVQ, CQF type training online now for people. So we can do that. We've um, we've been um, we've done some we've done interviews via Zoom, for instance, um, in terms of bringing on sort of um, um, new staff. Um, we've looked at ways in which we can we we can move a whole lot of things into into the online into the online world. Um, so I think that that's been you know a really sort of important thing that we've had to do. And, but you're right, it is pushed us into doing things that would have otherwise taken months and months so <laughs> there are some silver linings to this there is now one of the things that um i've been you know everyone my close connections to me know that we do marketing for the care sector but people who you know i know from university who haven't been in contact for ages have been reaching out to me saying, I've been seeing the, the care homes on the news pretty much every night. So the media is having, you know, 
I would probably say that they're not really showing care in the best light. And I know that some families have pulled their loved ones out of care and more companionship. Now, some business owners are probably concerned because they've got a you know, business to run and uh, carers to support. Do you think, is there anything that you're doing to reassure the families of the people you're caring for uh, to sort of balance so there isn't a negative connotation that the media show? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it is very difficult because one of the things we can't get away from is, is, is the figures. Um, and you know, care homes have been very badly hit um, by the by the whole virus. Um, it, it would be true to say that at the beginning of the crisis, we lost quite a lot of our what we might call our companionship clients, our sort of um, our, our um, an hour a day sort of going around um, having lunch, that kind of thing, clients, because people were saying to us that actually, you know what, we're concerned about the possibility um, that, you know, that the virus may come into the household. We're concerned about my elderly parent or something like that. And we could understand that. What we're doing in that case is we are keeping in a regular, literally a weekly phone up to these clients. When I care for them, really, how are you? How are things going? Here's where we are. Um, because we're hoping, um, obviously, and you know, many of our clients have actually said this to us, we're hoping that they, they will come back to us um, as things start to ease and as this becomes a new normal. Um, come back to us and that's the indicator we've got what we have and you know this is what we have spoken to all of our clients about is you know what we're doing to protect them and what we're doing to protect their staff um you know it's it's one of the things that we've had to do obviously is that people care workers who are going in to see people um are all of a sudden top to toe in PPE. Um, whereas previously they may have worn an apron, they may have worn some rubber gloves, they may have worn some sleeves. Now they're in there, they've got shields on their faces, they've uh, got face masks on, and all of a sudden it feels, even though it's not, all of a sudden it feels very medicalized and it feels very, it feels quite, quite worrying. But we've been trying to be really reassuring to our clients that we are doing everything that we can in order to prevent them, um, you know, or in order to prevent any infection coming into the house um, or anything like that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, we've had, we've had a very positive response from our clients, although there have been, you know, there, there are difficulties. So, as I said, you know, we work with quite a lot of people with dementia um, and uh, some people with learning difficulties. Um, you know, turning up and all of a sudden being looking completely different because you've got a shield on, you've got a mask on, you, you know, you're covered in blue plastic, uh, all of those things. Difficulties at times, but, um, you know, we're doing our best to make sure that people feel safe because largely, I have to say, you know, largely, especially in home care, they are safe. Let's, let's talk about that. So, so in, in terms of home care specifically what do you think the future holds and do you think any 
there will be a lasting impact um, from COVID-19 for the future as well? Well, futurology is a very, very difficult thing. And, you know, probably what I say now will be proved wrong in two weeks' time. But, I mean, my feeling is, at the moment, is that the, the future of home care is actually really positive. I think there is, is a, a large market out there for home care. We've already seen um, people come to us and say, you know what, we're withdrawing our elderly parents from their care home. Um, we're bringing them home to our house, but we need support on that. We, we can't, you know, we're working, we've got a whole range of things on. So we need support with that and, and, and how can you help us? Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, and I think, you know, home care is, a, is a, home care is all for, for us. Home care is all about fulfilling the wish of the, of the client, certainly mainly the, 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 let's face it, the elderly person. Many of those people want to stay either at home or with their families for as long as they possibly can. Home care enables that. And home care enables also, <laughs> at the moment, if you're very careful and you follow all of the guidelines, home care enables that to be done in a safe way as well. So I actually think the, the future is, uh, is, is going to be really positive for home care. Um, I think also one of the great things about it is that, you know, for many of us in the sector have been saying for years, you know, actually, the people who work in this sector are key workers. They're resilient, they're essential, they make the world go round for lots of people every day and they make the world a much better place for lots of people every day. I think actually society is starting to wake up to that. I think that can only be a, a really positive thing and I think you know one of our, one of our home care staff um, reported to me last week that they'd actually left their, left their house um, and it, she said it was a little bit like one of those um, YouTube videos you see. Left their house to go to work. Our staff don't wear uniforms, um, but people knew what she was doing. And she said she got clapped into her car. And she said, you know, that, that brought her to tears, but it also made her realise actually what she did was really very important. If that's, if that's changed, then that can only be a good thing. So just before we finish up, Mike, I've got one last question for you. So we've got a quite a lot of startup businesses or people have just been running their business for a couple of years in our audience. So if you could give them one piece of advice from a sort of well-established, successful business to people who have never dealt with this sort of pressure before, what would that piece of advice be? Well, I'd like to give two pieces of advice. <laughs> I will allow that. <laughs> I think, I, I think first off, consider the mixed economy. Um, one of the things that's worked well for us, and, it, and don't get me wrong, it has complications to it itself, but we have, as I said, 50% of our clients are private clients. They, they tend to be the, it's not what I have to say, they tend to be the easier clients, they tend to be the companionship and things like that. The other 50% are local authority clients um, where there's more complex needs, um, you know, it's uh, all, all of those things. But, um, but what, that, what that's meant to us is that when one sector has been shrinking, the other one has maintained itself at a, at a level and is, is actually increasing. Um, 
we've gone through a number of occasions where we've said, you know what, it'd be really easy if we had all private companionship clients. It would be great because, you know, it would, we wouldn't have the complexities and things like this. At the moment, I'm glad that we never went down that route. So please think about the, the, the mixed economy. And for most local authorities, it, you don't have to be big as an agency to, to work with the local authority. And that would, that would be uh, a, a part of that advice. The second thing is be adaptable and don't panic. There is no reason to panic at the moment. Um, you know, it's, you do have to adapt. You do have to think about where you are. You do need to be flexible. But I think home care is going to come out of this much, much stronger. And if we can hold on now, it will be great in six months' time. Perfect. I think people will really appreciate that advice as well um, that you've given. So thanks very much for that. So is there anything else from yourself, Toby? No, I was just saying, I was just thinking it's, 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 it's great to have you on the show. It's good to have a perspective from, you know, a care business leader. We'll probably do this um, a bit more. But thanks again, uh, Mike, really. We'll probably have you back on mm. um, in, in six months' time and see what the future holds. Absolutely. So well, hopefully one of the, some of the some of the things I've said will actually turn out to be proven <laughs> true. You know, I'm not holding my breath on that. You know, if six months ago somebody had have told us we'd have been doing this, we'd have all laughed at them. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for the Mike. Uh, thanks to Toby as well, I guess, as always. Um, and thank you very much to the audience for watching and listening. One thing, if you, if you want to help and you want to help other people as well, one of the best things you can do really is to leave a comment on the actual videos itself as we're getting a lot of private messages, but it's really useful questions and it would help everyone if you comment them and we can try and get some discussions going on the actual videos themselves. So until next time, thanks for watching and this has been Tea with Toby. Thanks very much.